who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels. Hey, y'all. I'm JJ. Hey, guys. It's Kat. And on this episode, we have a blast from the past. Apache Rose, or well, I guess I should say Riley, a.k.a. Apache <laughs> Rose, has rejoined us. You'll remember her as the yeah. guest who described <laughs> being abducted by a UFO with her friend and what that entire experience was about, which I think to date is our only UFO episode. We need to do a better job and bring some more of those stories on the podcast. But Riley, thank you so much for coming back on. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Honestly, like we get so many amazing stories, but only some of them really stick in for me, right. and especially over like a year. Your story has really stuck with me. Right. Um, I maybe had had one more UFO interview, but it wasn't about an abduction. It was about a woman who had, I think, in Israel seen like, right. remember that one? Like a yeah. green, like yeah. And kind of something. ship or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Was it like green, but then had like an orange tail? Maybe. I need like, to go back. Like as it was like moving? Yeah. She said it was like super hard to describe. It looked like it right. was moving and there were scales. Okay, that's super creepy because I've seen something like that. No. <laughs> I didn't tell anybody, but like the colors, it's hard. I can't really describe the colors. And like when I try to describe the colors, it doesn't seem right. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, my life same? is full of just the unexpected. <laughs> is that this from the same UFO encounter that you mm -hmm. told us about before? This is a totally different thing. This was recent. This was like, um, so actually I saw it twice. The first time was by myself and I thought it was a meteorite, right? I was like, that's a weird like shooting star because I was <gasps> driving by myself through the mountains because um, I had just gotten my hand tattooed. And um, it was really bright and I almost didn't like comprehend what I was seeing. So I was like, that must've been like a meteor or something. And that's what I chalked it up as. And, but it was really big for like a meteor. Usually when you see like a shooting star, it's like really quick and like white and small, but this mm -hmm. was like large and it had like 
a tail to it, like how like you would see in like a meteor and like a movie or something. Mm -hmm. And it had that like green, almost blue, like in the center. And, um, but anyways, I was like, oh, that's probably just like a comet or something. I was like, that was really fucking cool. And then when I actually went to move in with my boyfriend, Taylor, and I moved from Colorado to Idaho, we took the road trip. I drove, um, from Colorado up here. And I think we were not quite to Montana, but I was talking on the phone with my dad and he saw it when I didn't see it like to the right of the car. And he was like, what the heck? And then when I got off the phone with my dad, he was like telling me, he's like, I just saw like this weird, like, it looked like kind of like a UFO kind of thing, like to the side, you know, he's like, maybe it was like a meteorite or a comet or something. And then we both looked straight ahead and there it was again. But this time, instead of going in like a straight line, it, I like, I'm trying to remember correctly, it changed directions to where we were just like, what the, and we both saw it. And then that's when I was like, okay, that's weird. But I don't know what it, I don't know what it is like what? I'm not claiming it's anything because I'm like <laughs> but we both did see it the second time Riley what has it been like for you and and I know we brought you on tonight to talk about ghosts and we'll certainly I get know. into that but aliens I'll yeah say it. right um with our government opening up more you know classified information and admitting yeah hey there are unidentified flying objects that Right. We can't account for what they are. What is it like for somebody like you who has a story that, you know, some people may find unbelievable, um, but now maybe gives a little bit more validity to your experience? Here's what's weird about like encountering a phenomenon like that is you almost like gaslight yourself, right? Like you are in denial of it as well. Like you don't fully believe it yourself. And like, I am in like certain like groups that are like, closed and private through like with people who have experienced things. And like, I feel like mine isn't as intense as like some of the ones that I've heard or like read like on this. And like, for me, like it's, it's tough. It's like a weird psychology thing because if I fully acknowledge, like if that was real, it wasn't a dream, it wasn't, you know, some weird psychosis or whatever, like I can't explain it in the realms of the reality as, as we know it, then like, what does that really mean for everything? And so like the, in my mind, cause I try to keep an open mind, but also grain of salt to avoid going too far down any rabbit hole. Um, for me, it's like, it's nice that they're finally disclosing information but also the reality of like, if that is something that's been going on, like how nefarious that is to keep that. I don't know. Do you get where I'm going with yeah, this? Kind of <laughs> like like a it's a really intense, for you. it's yeah. a really intense thing. Like, yes, it would be a relief to be like, okay, so me and that friend aren't just in some weird delusion, you know what I mean? Like psychosis or whatever. Um, but then that also, a hundred percent cannot deny to myself yeah. was a thing. And that's like the weird thing about it. And like, as time goes on, like I felt the urge to share that story. And then after I shared it, it was like, to me, I was like done with it. Mm. Like, um, I haven't really thought about it much. Um, it was more of like, here's the information for other people, because I feel like information and knowledge is important to share. And then I've been kind of done with it because then you start getting 
the other beliefs of it where you have people talking about the galactic federation and then these like weird starseed things and like it's almost like too much and like if the galactic federation is like a real thing and like this whole thing like i don't trust that like at all like then you're in a whole nother realm of like galactic politics basically and i'm just like that sounds like a shit show <laughs> jj sorry. that's like your dream right <laughs> oh yeah that's so much my dream i well, i had been waiting so long for a ufo episode before you came on uh, oh yeah because mm-hmm. like i am like kind of like iffy on whether mm-hmm. ghosts are real or not but i right. i mean it's just statistically it would be incredibly unlikely that there are no right. aliens in the universe like whether they've come here or not is up for more of a debate but like i'm much more likely to be- to believe in someone who has had that kind of experience right and like you yourself i think also had had a friend who was able to corroborate some of your right. experiences as well which is why i wasn't like able to fully like deny that that was probably happened right. What you were talking about, how it's almost easier just to not talk about it and to not like if it wasn't proven, because it's just Mm. a whole other thing to add into the human existence. And honestly, I don't know if like majority of humans are capable of handling that kind of truth, which can be generalized to so many things in our current like political climate and current like every. You know, I just right. feel like so many people lean on ignorance as bliss and, you know, la la I'm just going to keep living my life without acknowledging all of these important things and factual things and use right. so many things to cover that up. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're taught as we're growing up to like reason everything and, you know, oh, well, that can't be real because of this, this and this, instead of just letting ourselves be like, okay, that was definitely like a spaceship and not a meteorite or whatever. Right. That's why I always, you know, I always say open mind, grain of salt. What I always say to people of what I do is following kind of like your intuition, like your heart as that guide. Cause even like you were saying, you're like, we've had like a bunch of stories, but there's only a couple that stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. That's intuition. You know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about. That feeling like you kind of, you know, what is and isn't off of that feeling and it's indescribable. And even people who aren't tarot readers or psychics or clairvoyants, we all have that gut instinct. When we go into a room and something feels off, everybody has that. And like, that's what we need to learn to use more rather than be so focused on getting facts. Because if you, and and I made this mistake because I was so um, hungry for information and facts and like what's real, it's not healthy. Like you can't stay a balanced, open-minded person and then go down that like rabbit hole effect. It's too much information. It's overload. So by just like getting what you can and following that feeling, to me, it helps everything be more digestible of like what potentially our reality actually is versus what we've been told. Yeah. I want to ask you about that because for me, I like to view the world and like there are are facts that we can like verify. And then there are there's also just like people's subjective experience, which is a lot harder to verify. And like a lot of times I get into this, like, okay, I can't really trust my, my intuition Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's just, because of biases, it's just like a feeling. It's not like something I can like verify, but it kind of sounds like you're saying more like trust your intuition to the extent that it like filters what sort of facts you're you're reviewing to to an extent it's like um so if i get if like somebody tells me a story and i get the feeling of like you know what i'm not 
really vibing with that. I still have that information there, but I don't create a solid belief system on true or false. Does that make sense? I keep that idea or thought suspended in like a maybe rather than being like this is or isn't. It's it's more of keeping your mind in, in uh, out of the state of duality because the second you're like something is or isn't or good or bad, you will not be able to see truth regardless. And this could be in a court hearing. This could be like anything in life. Like once you've decided that like someone or something is wrong or bad, your subconscious mind will immediately start filtering your reality based on that one belief that that one thing is in in that duality. So if I get like a feeling on it, I'm like, okay, that's like a maybe, I don't know how I feel about that. It's, it could be, or it could not be. And I leave it there. That's a good way to keep you from joining cults too. I feel like a lot of parents should have that belief system before they watch Fox news, but that's just me. (laughs) Yeah. Or anything, really anything. anything. (laughs) It it sounds like you're being skeptical of like what, like you may have a feeling, but you're not necessarily like, okay, I have to decide whether I believe in this or not. Right. I want, what I want is the truth. So this is the formula that I have found through reading different books and different things on psychology and like interpersonal stuff between you and your own mind. You know what I mean? Like between your mind and your soul kind of deal. And that seems to be the formula for me to hold myself accountable on my own biases and be open enough to accept radically new information, but not so open that I go into a psychosis where I'm like, there's unicorns dancing in my room. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a, a fine, fine line to walk. Yeah. I think I just like, don't have as much trust in my, my intuition or my feeling Mm -hmm. as a lot of people. That's why you lose your keys so often. Yeah. Actually, ghost. I actually washed his keys today in the washing machine. So that was- I thought you meant on purpose. I was like, "Why?" <laughs> That's amazing. So, Riley, you mentioned your heart a few beats ago, and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, your journey of finding love online with Taylor. I know it's. <laughs> I, I remember, um, I know you took a little break from content, but I remember right. when all that was happening and kind of keeping up with your story and how much fun that was. Can you kind of walk us back to how all that came to be and where you guys okay. are now? Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of funny and a little embarrassing on like my end because, okay. So before they changed the TikTok algorithm, when the TikTok algorithm was prime and just, ah, magnificent. He came up on my For You page because we have the same interests, right? So like anime, gaming, some spiritual stuff. We have the same humor. So he ended up posting um, a video that was him doing like the Kagura. It was the one about the poker game and all the girls. And you do like the acting of each voice, right? And so anyways, like I saw that video and then I had a fat crush like immediately. And I was like, ooh, who is this? And I was more just joking around because my friend was over helping me with the launch of like the hoodies and stuff. So we were kind of like having a girl's night and like joking around. Otherwise, I, I don't think I would have done that if I was by myself. <laughs> and um, and so I saw that he was 
already following me and I was like oh what and then we just started talking and then we just never we the first time we ended up talking on the phone he was helping me learn about discord and how to set up discord and like we were talking about different stuff like that and then we ended up talking for like nine hours straight and it just kind of came to be and was one of those weird things where everything just kind of like fell into place and didn't Um, one of you travel like across the country to see the other one yeah so i flew down there so he wouldn't be by himself on new year's um and then i spent about like a week and a half almost two weeks and then um we had a few days apart and then he flew down to denver where i was and we were like you know what we were both i feel like at an age and a place where we're like we're serious we're not looking to date around like Mm-hmm. we have a connection that we see could build into like a partnership for life. And that's where we both were at. And so I was like, all right, I'll, I can go wherever. I don't have any roots. And so I packed up and moved here to Idaho. Wow. That's so cool. I love yeah. that. Awesome. How many potential romances do you think have been quashed just by by TikTok changing their algorithms? <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's Probably so a lot. That's so funny. Probably a lot. They shouldn't have done that. It was fine uh, the way it was. If- so, Riley, if people want to kind of go back and revisit um, that story and kind of live that journey with you, where can they follow you on social media? Uh, so I am on TikTok and Instagram under Apache underscore Rose. And there are two E's in the Rose. Um, I have a link tree in the bio of both that connects everything. So if you find me on the Instagram, there's a link tree there and you can find um, my TikTok as well. I did put my, I have like a little shop, but I put that on pause and like hold for now while I get all this house stuff going. So that probably won't be up for a while. I think that link is still up. So in case somebody clicks on that, it'll come up again eventually. Just (laughs) <laughs> awesome. Quite yet. Awesome. Well, I did want to spend some time kind of revisiting because it has been um, like a year since we talked to you. And of course, the world continues to change as we right. kind of make it through this pandemic and everything. But I thought it was kind of cool. You, you seemed like you found love in a in a time where I think we could all use uh, company and comfort. So I'm glad it worked out for you guys. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Well, we are here to talk about ghosts because we are a ghost. Wait, what cat? What'd you say? We are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure our new listeners are like, yeah, that's great. I don't know what's happening. Where's the, you know, just calm down, guys. Go back and listen to the old episode and then jump into this one so you can catch right up uh, with Riley. But Riley, last time we had you on, we uh, obviously talked about the UFO stories and you had mentioned that you had some ghost stories as well. So, and I can't remember how much, or if, I don't think we really got into it much at all. So how old were you when you experienced your first ghost phenomenon? I have to think back because I feel like there was a lot of phenomena when I was younger, but I was too young to for it to be a viable story now. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? So the first one that really sticks out to me, I think would be when I was around 15 or so, maybe maybe 14. Also, I didn't ask you on oh, our believe meter uh, zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts and 10 ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you kind of fall on that scale? Oh my gosh, I'm on... I'm on a 10, 12. They won't leave me alone. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> like, I wish I could be at a zero <laughs> at this point because I'm done with their crap. 
Oh, it, you know what? It's funny you say that. I forgot to tell um, Kat and JJ, I was going to tell you guys about this. I can share with Riley as well. So my wife and I, we're sitting in like our TV room and we have to the side, it's like this open area where our dog's kennels are and it has like their food and stuff. So we keep the kennel doors open, but we keep their food and water in there. And so our kid, we have like a, um, a two-year-old and we kind of, sometimes we put the doors kind of almost shut so where he doesn't go in there and mess like with the dog stuff. Cause he, he's kind of curious and interested in everything. So we had almost shut it. We left just enough room open to where the dogs can go in there. We do that um, from time to time. And we were sitting there watching TV and like out of nowhere, the door just flies open. Like not, not just like a, you know, like sometimes because of the way houses are built, you know, like say if you roll a ball, it might roll back to you because the it's uneven or, you know, maybe you have foundation issues, things like that. Yeah. That wouldn't be crazy if it just slowly kind of opened up, you'd be like, whatever, but it flew open. And uh, my wife is very skeptical. She is very much a JJ. And we both just kind of looked at each other and she was like, hmm, might've been a ghost. That was pretty weird. And I was like, Oh yeah, gosh, that was yeah. pretty, pretty freaking weird. So anyway, that's uh, my first, first ghost experience in a long, long time or pretend, you know, whatever, uh, you know, unexplainable thing. Um, but I thought that might be interesting to share. So yeah, well, no, that's a needed a little bit of a vacation. So we uh, sent her to your place. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah, Riley, you, 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 since you haven't, uh, since you were on last, we, and I know we bring this up in a lot of episodes, but um, essentially we had a medium on who said that they saw a ghost in between cat and JJ. And then we have had this, uh, kind of ghosty lady whispery voice bleed through our podcast, probably about, I'd say 10 times at this point, but it comes up a lot when people reference it on the podcast and it's like, a wow, wow, wow. it's really creepy. And it's always like very similar to, but the creepiest thing we had is one episode cat and JJ just paused and like stared at each other and they heard it out loud. We'd never heard it out loud before. Um, it just always kind of bled through audio, but they heard it out loud in their room and it came through on the podcast when it happened. So yeah, you see how I know that it's true is my heart. Like that's how I tell if there's something paranormal going on, my heart will start going boom, boom, boom. And it's like weird. And it feels your, I don't know. It's really weird. And so when you started talking about it, my heart started doing the thing. And I was like, son of a God. Do, <laughs> like, do you watch One Punch Man? or one Punch? Um, I'm familiar with it. There's I a character it that it makes fun of all the animes. I like the whole, it's like a satire. So yeah. I was like, no, I'm not watching that. <laughs> There's that's a character bad. that's supposed to be big and strong, but he's really not. And they, they're like, oh no, it's the train is coming. And it's really his heart just beating really loud because he gets so <laughs> scared. So that's what that reminded me of. I've taken, speaking of trains, I've taken us way off track. So let's get back to you. You're 15. A lot of puns tonight, by the way. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Awkward segue, but uh, you want to tell us uh, about some of these ghost experiences? Right. Okay. So one of the most memorable one um, to me would have been about like 14, 15 years ago. And I was at my mom's house and it was a like two-story house with a basement. And like in the basement was all the gaming stuff, the PlayStation, there was like a little couch there or whatever. So I was sleeping in the basement and um, it was like a little pullout couch thing. And it all started when I was trying to fall asleep and I have no idea what time it, it was, is definitely after midnight. And I just got this like eerie feeling out of nowhere where I was terrified to be where I was, but mm-hmm. for no reason. Like there wasn't like really any odd creaking sounds that were abnormal to being in a basement in a house. Mm-hmm. Um, did you hear that? No. I'm so tired of this crap. <laughs> Something just like um, hit my door, but that's fine. Ooh, like something awesome. like, mm-hmm. like if you were holding like a necklace or like a chain and it like hit the door and it made that like sound. Weird. No, I am like, yeah. well, it, it just won't stop. I just won't stop. Anyway, so I'm in my mom's basement. I get this feeling of like terror, like out of nowhere. Like, and it wasn't just like nervous, scared, uncomfortable, like It was fear to Mm -hmm. where it took everything in me to even get up off the couch. And like, I had the blanket over my head because even though I was a teenager, I still did the kid thing and put my head under the covers. Oh yeah. And I remember thinking like, I just got to go for it. Like, I just got to just run up the stairs and it'll be over. And like talking myself into like moving basically, like Mm -hmm. I was so scared. I couldn't even move. And there was like no reason for it. It was just like inexplicable fear. And so finally I muster up the courage to run up the basement stairs. And I just ran to the couch in the living room and like kind of dove onto the couch with the blanket and kind of like sat there for a second. And then that's when the basement door slammed shut. Mm. And I couldn't see the basement door from where I was, but I could hear it. And that house was 
like a brand new suburban cookie cutter house. Like there was no creep, you know what I mean? Like the foundation solid, like everything's super square. Like there's no, and we're not tilted enough for that door to slam shut. Yeah. And so the door slammed shut, which obviously makes me jump. And then it was an open floor plan. So I could see the kitchen from where I was. And there was a glass sitting on the counter and I watched the glass slide across the counter. And at that point, I, I got up and I ran upstairs again and I went into my mom's room and I was like freaking out. I was like, mom, like there's something going on in the house. And she was like, go away because she's sleeping and she didn't help me at all and so I went into my little brother's room who is 10 years younger than me and he had this like little bunk bed thing but like there wasn't a bed at the bottom there's just like a hippopotamus sleeping bag and so I ran in there and slept and slept in there the next day I told my mom and so at the time my mom was doing like cleansings and exorcisms for people's homes with a friend of hers who was part of the Monroe Institute studies on remote viewing because she was like a like a verified medium and they used to go to these houses so she brought out her whole ghost busting kit right and started looking around the house with like an EMF mm -hmm. um, and so as we're going through the house like really nothing nothing and when we get to the like the staircase and we start going to the the second story um, it was almost like uh, it would move for a little bit like it was like running past or something and so we were like kind of following it and we ended up in my brother's room and it was hanging out in the top corner, like above where his pillow was oh, and yeah. like the EMF. And I'm trying to remember the numbers correctly, went up to like a, a seven point something, seven point something, and then up to eight. And then it fluctuated there. But then when she got the, the, I think she saged. Um, and then we have an Eagle feather um and then when she saged the house then it went away and the emf was nothing wow. so your brother must have been pretty young because he's 10 years younger than you yeah. when you were a teenager did he right. find out about this reading in his room i don't think we told him yeah i don't think we told him to this day to be honest <laughs> like... i wonder if he ever experienced anything in that room that uh, I know, I know he's experienced a lot of, a lot of, um, phenomena, not necessarily yeah. in the same way that I have. I feel like his has been a little bit more on the lighter side spiritually, mm. but I think that's because he had a big sister who was already taken the brunt of it on, right. if that makes sense. So he got the fun ghost and you got the <laughs> ones. Yeah. Okay. I've had a bit of both. Yeah. But like there have been some that are, that are really um really scary, like creepy. Yeah. yeah. I I totally understand that feeling of like suddenly just being so terrified of the space you're in and having to mm -hmm. muster that like braveness to just like run up the stairs or jump into the bed or slam the door right. shut. Right. And most of it's probably because I have a lot of probably childhood anxiety right. uh, then and now residing in me. Um, cause, and uh, so, yeah, what I'm saying is I've definitely been in those situations, but mine might've been triggered just by me already triggered by the darkness or something like that. Right. And yeah, and this was much different because I've been spooked out by being in a dark room before. Mm -hmm. Like 
and being like, Ooh, and running to the light switch or whatever. But this was like a sudden onset of fear where I was like, I'm fine in the dark in, in the basement this whole time and mm-hmm. having a good time, like just chilling. And then it was like a sudden onset. So onset of fear. So it's not like I built myself up because you can't build yourself up in your head. Like once you get creeped out, then you go, Ooh, what about this? And then you start seeing shapes and then you'll, you'll freak yourself out. This was, it was such a quick onset of like emotion that there wasn't even time for my mind to make it worse than it was. It was just already like something's wrong. Yeah. It was like act and react kind of. Yeah. You think this was a spirit. Do you think it was the same one that uh, y'all found in your brother's room? Yeah. Whatever from the, that basement, whatever it was. Yeah. It was definitely the Mm. same thing. Right. But then after it was cleansed, there was nothing. We never had a a return. I wonder if, if like what, whatever spirit it was, was like projecting its state of emotion onto you in that Mm -hmm. moment. The only reason I say that is just this one time I was on a ghost. I mean, it was a ghost tour we paid for, so it could have, you know, just been a whole lot of whatever, but we went into like these, uh, like under street caves in, in Scotland, um, it's been a while since I've talked about this on the podcast, but uh, they would take us into these different rooms and tell us like, oh, you know, the the poor and the homeless would come down here and they would like all cram cram into these little caves under the street and um, or bunkers or whatever it was. And they were just like these stone, like very solid rooms. And, um, you know, they would tell us like, okay, in this next room, some people tend to feel this spirit or, or maybe see something or like, and of course the whole tour, they're like, there's the lurker who will follow us the whole time. So I was oh like, gosh. terrified. Like, I don't know how I do this podcast. Cause I get terrified of stuff like this. I'm better now. Um, after hearing so many stories, but yeah, I was, I was just like in the middle of the group, just like totally all muscles clenched. And afterwards they go, um, and, and asked us some questions and we're like, now, did any of you guys feel any specific emotions? Cause in some rooms we'll get the same response from different people. And it's, you know, due to whatever spirit died there that we have written in our history logs, um, what they were going through or something like that. Mm-hmm. And again, it could be like a bunch of hoopla, but, um, I, I was the only one to raise my hand. Cause there was one room where I got like really, really sad and they were like, Oh, was it this room? And it was, and they said a woman had um, died and her baby had died and all this stuff. And I just, so what I'm saying is I went from totally terrified, like that was just my base to so sad. Like I felt like I was going to cry in that moment. Um, It was really interesting to, to think about it in a way like, okay, if it was a ghost and I'm like picking up that last emotional energy that she was experiencing when she died, um, makes me wonder like, I don't know if maybe you were picking up on that spirit. I I do kind of like follow that theory of like potentially like when you feel that like nervousness or that scaredness, like um a lot of spiritualists will be like, oh, it's because they're more afraid of you than you are of them. But mm-hmm. like, I think it's more that you're picking up on their emotion on the fact that they're in the afterlife. Like, how would you feel like if you passed away, but now all of a sudden you're in this astral realm, but you're still kind of interacting with the realm that you were in when you were alive, but you don't know where to go. You don't know what is or isn't like, let's say like you weren't religious or something. So you, your consciousness didn't have an idea of where to go, mm-hmm. like in theory. Right. And then I'd be like, I'd be fucking scared too. Yeah. Right. I'd be like, what the heck is going on? What am I, what is this? And if you know what I mean, then you have to reevaluate your beliefs all over again. 
if that's how it works. And like yeah. that theory makes sense to me, like as well. Um, and because there are like some things that will make you angry. Yeah. Like I feel like people focus on the fear and the sadness a lot more, but a lot of the time I feel like our anger is also an indicator that something else potentially goes twice yeah. around, but nobody ever pays attention to it. Well, you mentioned that you had a couple instances or maybe more than a couple where things got pretty scary. Can you tell us about some of those? Um, so there's, okay, there's a, there's a few, there's one that I have shared on my TikTok before and in like multiple parts. And this one has like another witness to it as well. Um, let me see if I can remember this correct. So this would have been like a couple years. I would have been 17. So this would have been like a couple years after the first story. Um, and I was with my ex at the time and we used to smoke cigarettes, but we had to hide from our parents because we weren't, you know, they did not approve of our smoking habit. And so we had this one like road that we would park on and like smoke cigarettes in the car or whatever, and like hang out until we would go back and we would wear like the latex gloves and we had smokers hoodies that we'd like tie up or whatever. And we were just chit chatting. And so I was in the passenger seat and he was driving and all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, I started feeling like super drained, just exhausted, almost sick, but not quite. And it kept like escalating to the point where at first I was just kind of like this, but then as the feeling of like this drain or like exhaustion became, what's the word, like stronger, I ended up with like my head on the dash and just telling my ex, like, I do not feel good. Like we need to leave, like whatever is going on, like we need to leave right now. And so he like starts the car and like we pull away and we go just off the street. And as soon as we get off the street and go to turn into this gas station, I'm immediately better. Like I'm not tired. I don't feel sick. I'm able to sit up. Like the feeling was so intense when we were on that street that I couldn't lift my, my head off of the dash. And then this is where it gets like kind of creepy was. So for me, I, I usually feel things. It's not very common that I, I see anything, but my ex could see ghosts and spirits and stuff, but he hated it. So he would never talk about it. And he, he hated when I brought it up, but anyways, he said that when I started feeling bad, he looked into the rear view mirror and he saw this like figure standing like at the, at the start of the road, basically. And that every time I started to feel worse and worse, and he was like looking up, it was getting closer and closer to the car. Mm -hmm. And when I was at my worst and my head was on the dash and I was telling him like, we need to leave. Like, I don't know why, but like, we need to leave right now. He said that he was looking over through the passenger window and there was this thing in the window and it was just and this is this part creeps me out and I hate reenacting it to tell it but like it's the only proper way to tell it but it basically had its like hands up like this and it was it was going rah, like rah, like at the window and it still creeps me out like to this day and he said it had like it was like tall and like dark and he could see some facial features and the face like reminded him of like a tiki mask Hmm. and it was wearing like this weird bowler cap and it had these like dreads on the side of hair and he like didn't say anything about it until after we left and I was like thinking to myself I was like 
if you, if I saw some crap in my rear view mirror, I wouldn't even have let it get halfway to the car. Yeah. I would have already been moving. So yeah, he was kind of a coward. So we'll just. That also that. makes me think that he saw stuff all the time. He did. You know what I mean? Like, cause with my, when my sleep paralysis was at its worst, um, with, with seeing, uh, the spider that would drop down, like when it first started, it would scare me so bad that I would throw myself out of bed, but then it got to the point where I was just like, Oh, that's the spider. And I would just like go back to sleep, even though I don't know, whatever sleep paralysis is, I guess you're kind right. of asleep already. Right. But if he's seen that ghost and that happened and he's just like, eh, like he must be pretty traumatized from a lot of ghosts. Right. And he, he's told me like other stories as well. And he used to work at like a goodwill. And there's been a couple times where when he's like closing or it's like nighttime, like some odd things would happen as items came in and out of the goodwill. Um, so, but he was not open to it at all. He was just, he just more liked all the cleansing stuff that I did. But like at that time, I wasn't as like, aware as I am now. So I wasn't really capable at the time of like doing what I needed to do energetically. Right. Do you, do you find in your life that maybe unexplained, but, or happenstance, you tend to find people like that in your life. Maybe it's through mm -hmm. dating or otherwise, but people who are somewhat traumatized or have these ghost experiences that they don't want, do you see them constantly coming in your life? Yes. So it's really interesting. So I had my like astrology chart done by that astrologer. I always talk about, he's Chad, the Maverick, absolutely phenomenal, uh, chart reader. And so I have <laughs> placements basically where I have like a Vesta in my sun sign in a Taurus degree in a Taurus plane. It's like this crazy thing. So basically my aura is the hearth, the fire in which societal's misfits will find comfort and nurturing. Mm. So, and it has to do, there's a Scorpio placement in there as well. So it has to do with like the taboo, the things that society would really frown upon if somebody spoke out about, which is going to be all paranormal phenomena. I feel like that's our podcast. All of it. Even that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I am just a, a, a beacon for unexpected, odd, paranormal, um, very, uh, creative people as well. Um, I tend to be surrounded by artists and people who feel deeply and like need that nurturing or just that friend that's like, doesn't judge them and is like, yeah, you're, you're kind of off the wall right there, but you know what I mean? <laughs> and yeah. like gives them that like space to just like be their authentic self. Like well, I don't want to say, oh, needs nurturing. Cause that, that's kind of like right. pretentious. But I think for a lot of people, validation is really powerful, especially if you're Absolutely. going through things that maybe can't be explained by the common person if you know what I mean. Right. And maybe that's why my guardian angels are like, yep, let her experience it all. So she'll understand everybody but like, yep, nope. I, I know what you're talking about. Been there, now, done that. In your current relationship with Taylor, does, does he experience things or what does he think about all this stuff you've gone through? Gosh, he has incredible stories. He is like one of the most incredible people that I have ever met. He's actually seen a real Catholic exorcism with, mm -hmm. um, you'll have to have, like, I'll ask him if he's yeah, open yeah. to it. He's down, he definitely needs to share the story, um, where he he was like nine and he witnessed a real exorcism with exorcists from the Catholic church. Wow. And it was like a big deal because he didn't even speak English, but anyways, it's like, 
a real deal story. And when he was deployed, he, so he was a combat medic for like a Ranger battalion unit and he was wow. deployed in Afghanistan for a while. And he came across a gypsy camp and met a seer from a gypsy camp. And she, and I, I'll try not to tell all the stories in case you do want to have them on. And we for sure want to have them on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but some teasers, that yeah. is my favorite story. And he has a lot more experience where I have a lot more experiences with things that people would consider like demonic or like evil or like really creepy. His are more like profound, except for like the exorcism one was obviously like that's straight pretty up pretty demonic. Like, pretty demonic yeah i mean you have an exorcist there so but um his his experiences are uh i feel much more profound um spiritually and so he is a pisces sun like virgo rising pisces moon so pisces scorpio anything like that is going to be in the taboo in the intuition in that emotional realm of creativity and all that so we just like he actually keeps me more in reality which is nice he reminds me of like this realm when i get to in la la land woo woo land i should say <laughs> it's his he has a march birthday yep march 16th nice yep. very march. cool well, yeah maybe even we could have you both come on since you're already familiar <laughs> oh yeah for sure um, that'd be really cool yeah that's so cool riley well you know, I really appreciate your willingness to jump on the podcast. Right. I've always been down to come on. I think we just missed each other last time you were going to come on uh, with the pandemic. And I was probably, my kid was probably like super young then too. So I was all over the place, but, uh, but yeah, it's been awesome kind of getting back in touch with you and hearing your stories. And I know Kat and JJ and I always get excited uh, to see and get caught up with you. Yeah. Sometimes I'll, I'll rate in my own head, how the episode affected me by if I need to get up and go close the bathroom door. Cause we, it's, <laughs> and I did during your last story. Well, only cause that's like where we were faced the other direction when someone said they saw a ghost back there. So now anytime I look at the door, it's halfway open and it's dark inside. And I'm like, whatever they're talking about, I'm about to see it in the bathroom. <laughs> oh <Right>. no. <laughs> I often forget to close the bathroom door before going to bed and then has to get up and do it well not even close it like as long as it's just cracked at night so our cat can get in and out that's fine but during recordings like hearing the story I'm like I gotta close I cannot deal with that I don't know <laughs> if there's things in there or what but yeah. not tonight <laughs> to uh promote everything you have going on is there anything uh else you want to get out there before we finish the podcast um I guess uh, me and Taylor are thinking about starting a YouTube and um, I'm going to start posting on my YouTube again soon. So once we finish moving, closing on the house, moving into the new house and I get that studio set up, um, there will be content to come. Um, not a bunch yet to plug because I want it all to be like perfect and in steady flow before I get up and running. So any updates will always be posted on my Instagram um, which has the link tree to my TikTok, which will, I'll make like small little videos once yeah. I get started of like just informational, um, fun stuff I've found. Have you guys ever thought about doing like a, a travel YouTube portion? I think that would be like you guys' look and your attitude. That'd be so much fun to <laughs> kind of experience that. So that's funny that you picked up on that because that's kind of like the idea. And I'm not, I don't want to share too much, but sure. we love food and experiences yeah. and taylor has an incredible uh sense of smell and taste and he's a brewmaster at our um 
brewery. And when he eats, when we go to restaurants and he eats like a certain sauce, he can taste all the ingredients. So I write it down so we can make it ourselves at home. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Which I feel like is like cheating the system in a way. So like, I normally don't like that's tell people not, that. That's and really resourceful. But yeah, so we were thinking about doing something like that, where it was like to help give like information on like the best locations to go, like on a budget, how much everything costs, like, is it worth it? Was it worth it at all? Like all of that. And um, yeah, that's kind of what we're thinking about doing. Even just like you guys doing like tropical stuff and interacting with people. (laughs) I think that'd be, I don't know. It's just, you can, you guys' energy, I think plays well with, with that whole world of entertainment. Yeah. So that was kind of our idea and our hope um, that we've been working on. We have the blueprint idea ready for it with like name and everything. So we're really excited um, to do that. Well, you know where to come and promote it. So we're always going to open door for you. I was going to tell you guys, I I only got a chance to share two stories because we ended up catching up and that I have a lot of other paranormal stuff going on, but I do have more stories with the friend that I was um, Abducted. abducted with. Yeah, her and I experienced stuff together as well. That was more ghost than alien. And one bit of it, we actually got on video. And when she found it years later, she went to send it to me in an email and the email disappeared. Whoa. Like within like a day. Cause I went to look back on it after she sent and she was able to get it off. It was off of her eye touch because it was so long ago. And so she was able to get into it and then email it to me. And I was able to watch it twice before the email disappeared. Whoa. She doesn't have it anymore either. It's gone on hers. It's the uh, file corrupted now on her iTouch. Well, awesome. Well, yeah, that'll give us something to look forward to next time. Um, We would love for you to do the sign off with us if you're up for it. Yeah. So with that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm JJ. I'm Kat. I'm Riley. (laughs) 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 You've probably heard the name Mary, Queen of Scots, and maybe you know the importance of her legacy to the British monarchy. But how much do you know about her life and what she was really like? For instance, did you know that she preferred to have her eggs scrambled, or that giving gifts was her love language? In my podcast, Vulgar History, we'll be talking about all that and more during an eight-part miniseries about the fascinating life of Mary, Queen of Scots. Vulgar History is a feminist women's history comedy podcast where we don't shy away from the messy, complicated lives of women from the olden times. Particularly with women in history, it's easier to use broad strokes to portray who they were, and it's like we forget they probably also had messy lives, complicated relationships, and maybe things weren't as black and white as they might seem in a textbook. But I'm dedicated to sharing the sides of the stories we don't always hear, and each episode is supported by rigorous historical research. Turns out there's really something about Mary Queen of Scots. So be sure to turn into my series about Mary Queen of Scots and check out the other incredible women I've talked about while you're there. You can listen and subscribe to Vulgar History wherever you get your podcasts and learn more at vulgarhistory.com.